0: listening to the cleveland guardians fancast hosted by quincy wheeler and friends a podcast about the cleveland professional baseball team and its fans
1: Just gonna compliment Mike. go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> what just we're just gonna you? compliment Mike on his on his on his choice in snacks, too. Oh Snyder's
2: sweet and, sassy, sweet and uh, sassy. Snyder of Berlin, not the sponsor of this podcast. Hello, everybody.
3: They can be though. Uh hello, welcome to the Guardians fancast, where we would be glad to have Snyder's sweet and sassy chips sponsor our sweet and sassy podcast. I'm gonna be sassy towards Mike tonight. Mike, how you doing? You know, in a
2: small sample size of 21 and a half hours today, I got to say it's shaping out to be a pretty good day, but, you know, there's always two more hours to stabilize.
3: <laughs> well, there you go. Fair enough. Um, and even even with a uh, disastrous Guardian's loss, he's still doing good. So it must have been a good day. Allie, how are you?
4: I'm more sad than Mike is about this, I think, but that's fine.
3: Yeah, a couple of butt whoopings by the Minnesota Twins is not awesome. Greg, how are you? Going all right. Good, good.
1: <laughs> we all got right. An answer.
3: <laughs> um,
1: I said you know, a week ago, I was like, we'll find out one way or the other. We've got six games the next week, and we'll find out whether yeah. we're going to really do this or whether it's done. And it's done. And I'm we good. We found out.
2: It's done. Grandma plays the numbers.
3: <laughs> um, I I still when they lost that series to Detroit, that was when I was like, it's over. There's really, it was fun yeah. to get those three guys, but that series to Detroit is like, if if you're really gonna catch the Twins, you can't be going around losing a series to Detroit. So that's where I had it. Uh, but it's needless to say, it's not fun to lose to the Twins by twenty by a combined score of twenty eight to nine over the past couple of days. Um, and, uh, so yeah, not awesome. Not, not a great experience. Uh, anybody have any idea as to why Trevor Stefan was left out there to dry tonight? That, that seemed kind of odd to me. No, I mean, he Uh saved the whole bullpen last night with David Fry. So it just would make sense to me. Like once the guy, okay, maybe you leave him in there. He gives up the hit to give them the lead, but then he walks the next batter and it seems like that would be okay. They him a chance to walk the next batter and then he gave him a chance to pitch again Ooh. to Donovan Solano, who doesn't hit the guardians any worse than he does any other team. Uh, Because Mike got all up in his facts and figures with me on it. But why, why, why was Trevor Stefan in there?
2: he was in there because Tito was feeling it and I'm going to let Tito feel it for the next three weeks as much as he wants to, because that's what you do when your dog is about to go to the, to the <laughs> rainbow bridge, you make the gotcha. mistake and you right. understand that whatever they're doing is okay. They've given you so much joy in your life. And it the way you say goodbye is meaningfully, Letting them do whatever the heck they want to do. And Tito, go ahead. Like, you want to play Cole Calhoun for the rest of the season? Go for it.
4: Mike, you have more sympathy than me because I just keep thinking about ownership just spent $3 million to help him go for it for three weeks and he does that. I'm kind of mad if I'm them, right? Because that's. He
2: used all the pieces, though, not Giolito. I mean, Giolito
3: couldn't have been. No, 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 no. Because. He used those other two pieces, yes, but those other two pieces allow him to be more aggressive with the other pieces that he has in the bullpen, which he was not. So, but the lead was also, already. Eli gone.
4: Morgan does fine. You got uh, a Brian uh, okay. Morgan in to get that out two batters earlier, and we would have maybe won this game. Um, if maybe you, they would have had a
2: chance, as opposed think, to uh, letting Trevor Steffen throw thirty pitches, yeah, what would, would they end up throwing?
3: It uh, was three hundred pitches, I think. Yeah, that,
2: that's what it felt like. It was a large sample
3: size. <laughs> hey, welcome, Andrew. Hi. What a what a time. What a time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I do get it. That's an interesting analogy. It's a rough analogy, but it's an interesting analogy. It does make me think about my dog when my dog uh, was retiring, so to speak. Um, uh, I did, you know. It used to be when your dog would pee or poop on the floor, you'd be like, "No, bad dog, go outside." But at that point, it's like, "Okay, I get it. You don't have control over your 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 uh, waste systems anymore, so I'll forgive you." So yeah, I guess Tito pooping on the mat tonight. I guess I'll have to let it go.
0: I just want to let Mike know that you know he's retiring. We're not putting him down.
3: <laughs> I know. Like, I know. Well,
4: that, he's, I mean, he is he's talking, talking he about all
2: his of Cooperstown, he he's he's done so much good, and and you know it's not been <laughs> classic Tito this year, but that's okay. I, I don't think the roster was built to succeed exactly, and the ways in which it could have gone wrong did go wrong. And maybe he could have mitigated that in a different year with a different mindset, but like it it was uh, no no that they oh. couldn't pick a lane and and the result was what we got this year.
3: I'm yeah. going to enjoy watching yeah. Renaldo Lopez pitch for us, though. He's fun to watch. Yeah, he's good.
4: Matt is Moore was good, too. Times. How long do we have him for?
2: Oh, month. Of the Both year. of them for a month, but okay. they had the opportunity to try to extend them now, I guess.
3: Lopez I'd like to see that for Raylo. Yeah, Lopez would be the one that I would pick. No, Matt Moore's fine, too. He's fine, too, but uh, yeah. Lopez would be exciting. I like having a guy that can throw ninety eight miles an hour. That's good, or I guess he's he averages ninety eight miles an hour. Kind of think of it. Yeah. So, um, yeah, yeah. Uh so yeah. Of course, Twins fans are running victory laps, and that's fine. I, I have they won. I mean, they
2: they're going to run victory laps. Yeah. we definitely I mean, deserve... had our fun last year. They they they're still gonna to...
0: lose every game of the playoffs. So. They well, could. They they surely could. Um, I think
2: their rotation is interesting, and I think they should be able to take a game or two from, you know, what if Toronto makes it, perhaps. Sunny
3: Gray is good.
2: Yeah, Sunny Gray is good. Um, uh, Pablo Lopez usually good. Um, they have enough there. Joe Ryan usually good.
0: They're gonna have to face Tampa.
2: Yeah, and if they gotta face Tampa, I mean. It, we face Tampa and sometimes things just don't work out for Tampa.
3: I else, think, what it is. yeah, I do think the twins, I, I would say they're probably going to break that, whatever that streak is of how many years they've gone. I mean, it's been 20, that. it's
2: been 20 years.
3: Yeah. Yes. Something like that. Or 20 games and 18 years. I forget what it is, but it's, it's a, it's a
2: long time for a team that made the playoffs pretty frequently, honestly. Yeah.
3: That's some bad luck as well as some bad performance. Yeah, I suspect I they will. I don't, you know, obviously I don't think anybody would pick them to go too far, but I, I don't particularly care. Honestly, I, I don't care. I, I'm not interested in being like, oh, you guys were terrible in the playoffs because all that means is that we got beat by a terrible team. So it <laughs> yeah. doesn't really matter to me um, <laughs> once we're out. Uh, so what are our thoughts about the rest of the season? I mean, I, I guess I, I'd like to. I'd like to see some guys like George Valera come up and get some time. Even young Kenzie Noel, I'd be fine with that, but kind of doubt that's going to happen. Like Mike said, it's probably let Tito play Cole Calhoun as long as he wants to. And that kind of thing.
2: I mean, I think that the most exciting aspect of this team going into next year is the young pitching. And I think that what we've seen from the young pitching has already been really encouraging I think going forward, you might want to think about how you manage them in September so that they're ready for next March and April and ready to go 160 to 180 innings instead of the 140 where they seem to be kind of hitting the wall. So um, however they manage that, I'll be interested to see. And uh, maybe there are a couple guys that they could give looks to, maybe a Joey Cantillo, if they feel like his innings limit hasn't been quite reached yet. That'd be nice to see. Um, but you're right. The position players are everything, and it's where this team has to make some pretty drastic improvements in how they they develop and how their major league talent performs.
0: Yeah, um, I was saying the same thing. Uh, maybe we see a phantom IL here um, for one of our rookies, just to give them uh, just to give him the, the 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 last couple weeks off, so like they're not throwing every day or pitching every day, um, and then bring up Joey Cantillo. Why not get? Like, why not give him a couple starts? Um, at the major league level, see if he's got anything. Um, same with George Valera. I mean, it'd be really smart for them to have him play in the majors before spring training so they can kind of see where that bat is with major league pitching, um, you know, kind of where he is, especially how he's hitting the ball right now. Um, can he translate that at all um, at the major league level? They need an answer on him because uh, right now he's he's one of our future outfielders, but they need to get an answer on him. And keeping him in Columbus is not doing anyone any good. Especially yeah, I since think the position
2: is is the big question. That right field, there, there's something that needs to change
0: there. They need to have more power. Yeah,
3: mm-hmm. yeah.
0: Question yeah. is, does Miles Straw stay stay at the major league level the rest of this season? Oh, yes. I'm sure he won't go anywhere. But if they bring up Valera, who's going down? Yeah, well, the, so rosters are
2: expanded like to twenty eight, but I don't know who you bring down from this roster right now. Maybe um, well, I don't know. We keep talking about DFA and Cam Gallagher, and I need to give that up because it's not
0: happening. <laughs> but yeah, I, I don't think they'll carry five outfielders. Well, they, they should don't. be carrying four they, catchers. It's
3: so <laughs> weird that they don't believe in Fry as the backup catcher because he sir seems like he's he's able to do it. He, he's
4: Why he's he hitting able, tonight? Right? What's that? Why was he hitting tonight?
3: Oh, I don't know. For I...
4: somebody, I can't imagine his arms work.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, actually, that's a good point. Um, maybe that hamstring is affecting his ability to squat. That might be why you don't carry him as the catcher.
3: Uh that's a good thought. That's a good thought. Yeah, there At are ways to the make it work. I mean, I don't think they'll do it, obviously. But if you really wanted to see Valera and Noel, You bring Valera up, you can send Tana down, you bring Noel up and you cut Cole Calhoun, but they're not going to do that. They're not going to do either one of those things. Or like Andrew said, Miles Straw has options. If you were a organization that didn't care about player loyalty and anything like that, you'd be like, hey, you suck as a hitter, go down to Columbus and see what you can figure out for the next week. They're not going to do that. And no, and I'm not sure there's any organization that necessarily does that move, that kind of a heartless move. Yeah, but I understand that I understand the sentiment behind it. Um, I think in that case, like you're talking about a phantom IL, like if he's had a, I've I've heard that he's had like a knee issue. If he had any issue, make it be like, hey, get a jump start in the off season, miles, take the next couple of weeks off, and that kind of thing. But I don't know. I don't Do you think know. See, uh, Kyle Manzardo at
0: all. Or do you think Calhoun's going to block him the rest of the year?
3: I don't think, no. Manzarda won't get added to the roster until o- until opening day at the earliest, I'm sure. Oh,
2: actually, is he on the 40? No. Okay, so yeah, no no shot on that. That that happens in the off season.
3: Yeah. I do think he'll have a good shot at making the opening day roster um, because clearly, I mean, you can see the bat is ready to play at the major leagues at some level.
2: He's fun to watch.
3: Yeah, he hits the ball hard. Valera hits the ball hard. I, I mean, I do think I, I just hope I just hope that they're aggressive enough to do it. But I feel like I like Loriano against left-handed pitching. I like him as a defender. Uh, he's not great in center field at all, but he's fine in either of the corners. I think that's a good bench bat to have. You bring up Valera who doesn't hit left-hand pitching well, and you platoon him with Loriao. That I'm I'm happy with that idea for right field. Uh, and then if you just would If they just are willing to move Quan to center, then you figure out what you can do with left field. And I think there are some options out there. There's not a ton, but there are some options.
2: Yeah, I wonder what direction they'd go in for a left fielder, because that's one other thing that roster composition wise is a big challenge. Stephen Kwan is playing premier defense at a position that generally defense isn't very valuable at in left field. So um, that's a place where a lot of teams will put a guy who kind of plods and plops and doesn't really move all that well, but swings the bat pretty well and hits for power. This team doesn't have the ability to do that unless they move on to center. So it, it will be a question for his tenure here until they start looking at him seriously at center field.
0: Do we see the possibility of if they decide not to go after a guy in the off season, they get Noel in left field. And then Valera Loriano splitting time and right.
3: I just don't know that you can think of Noel as, as Major League ready yet.
0: Or Jonathan but, Rodriguez. Yeah.
3: Yeah. yeah so, so I think
2: Noel and Rodriguez are honestly pretty comparable in the outfield. Um, mm-hmm. Noel isn't natural at it by any means, and neither is Rodriguez. They both have great arms. Yeah. Um, not great actions, but um, it's a pretty short left field at progressive. Um, learning how to play off the wall is, is one consideration, but, um, I think that you could look at both of them. I think they make sense for a team that needs power to, you know, plug into the left field. Yeah. I I think that would be worthwhile. I don't know if you do that this year or this coming year.
3: I think, I think that they would ideally like to have Noel and Rodriguez start the year in Columbus again and then give them a month or two to show that they've really you know taken a, a next, the next step, but they don't have a ton of time with either one, with one of them to f- figure that out. Yeah um, with Noel especially it's like basically you were hoping that by the end of this year he'd have figured it out and not quite. He can definitely hit the ball country mile. We know that, but it's the rest of the piece that needs to come along. He's like
2: right handed Joey
0: Gallo right
3: now. Yeah. But doesn't You're walk in right
0: position now. players. Yeah.
3: Yeah. That's what I was going to say, Mike. If he did walk like Joey Gallo, then I would be clamoring to bring him up because I'd be like, that's fine. I will totally take 30 bombs, 10% walk rate, you know, 11% walk rate. That'd be fine with the 30% strikeout rate, 35%. That's fine. That would be fine for us. We'd love that, but can't quite get the walks there. What were you saying, Andrew?
0: Oh, I was saying we could bring no- Noel in to hit against uh position players. Yeah, yeah true. Because <laughs> that you can sell tickets
2: out. just for that, probably.
3: He's <laughs> launched that ball. He'll
0: he'll he'll hit the scoreboard with that one. Yeah, yeah probably.
3: Yeah, he would. Noel is, I do love watching him, you know, he I mean, obviously it'd be frustrating at the major league level, but he's so much fun at Columbus where, you know, I have to really freak out when he strikes out five times in a game or something, but then he, then he hits the ball and he just absolutely unloads on everything he hits. It's great.
0: I saw him hit one in LA County. I'm like, Oh my God, did he hit that? And like I really I don't have that reaction too often because like I know what a deep home run looks like, right. but he hit that. I'm like that ball's never coming back. Like that's <laughs> way out of here.
3: Like he cleared yeah. everything. When uh, like, uh when it over the when, scoreboard when, center field. When Andrew says that he saw him hit one in Lake County, what he means is that he hit it in Columbus and it ended in Lake County. That's...
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Moved. There were times when I was scoring games and he would hit a ball and I'd be like, what was that noise? Because it was it was almost foreign. Yes. And then like it sounds like the ball is exploding.
3: And he seems like such a pleasant fellow too. How uh, he always seems like he's having fun with his teammates and everything. Um, so I don't know what else uh, can we do to make ourselves feel a little better. I you know, I, I don't know if it's time to do a retrospective, but I was trying to remember all the things that were great about this season. There were a lot of fun times this season. Josh Naylor's three street three game streak of eighth inning go ahead homer stands out in my mind there were some pretty amazing comebacks here and there obviously i enjoyed jose ramirez punching tim anderson even though that may possibly have not been a great thing for us overall but still always remember that um obviously seeing tanner bybee and gavin williams and logan allen flash some brilliance um I've, i've certainly got a lot of enjoyment out of this season
2: yeah, there's, there's been really good things to find, but when you face them with the expectations you had coming into the year, if you expected a repeat in the Central, which I think many fans did, um, even realistic fans expected a, a more competent, more competitive uh, season for this to be rather close in September rather than seven games back for Minnesota. So, yeah, I, I think that it tints the way you view um, really promising shoots and really promising. Few um, seasons, um, although with the reminder now that you can have a really promising season like Andres Jimenez did last year, and then struggle the next. Uh, Baseball is a really hard game, so you know don't take it for granted when a guy's going great. Um, they the rare opportunities for a lot of guys. They they don't end up playing at that level all the time, every time they're out there, and
0: take success for what it is in
2: the moment when
0: you can. Um, I- um, we saw that with uh, Josh Taylor this year. He was not hitting well to start the year off, and then he he started hit better and 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 was and was uh, getting unlucky. But then he went on a tear. like I, I I I remember fans were ready to like DFA him in, yeah. in April and May uh, before he went on that 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 ridiculous hitting streak uh, where he just hit like four hundred for a month and a half. Uh, but like like. And 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 I think like with, like like with Jimenez, I think we, this is the worst year he'll have in a Cleveland uniform as a full time player. And it's still three three and a half WAR. Like yeah. he's just that good
2: defensively at a premium position. Well, a less premium than shortstop, but a premium position
0: in the middle infield. Um, and he's, he's, and, he's special. And and he'll 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 get you probably fifteen to twenty home runs a year too. Yeah, that appears to be where he is at his power level. Yeah.
3: Yeah, I'm pretty confident uh, Hemi will figure it out. I mean, to be, I don't, I think that, like Andrew said, this is probably going to be his worst year in a Cleveland uniform. I think that 2022 might be his best year in a Cleveland uniform, but if we can end up somewhere in the middle there, we'll be pretty thrilled. Yeah,
2: 2022 is like down-ballot MVP, like MVP caliber, if he had more name recognition.
3: Mm Mm-hmm. I do think he'll he'll get back there. The the tools are there, you can see him getting it sometime. It just seems like he got a little bit off and it's hard to fix everything in season. Yeah. Um so yeah, yeah. Feel pretty good about that. I mean, obviously, guys, the past few weeks have been great as far as saying, well, Gabriel Arias looks like he's the shortstop. And thank goodness. Yeah. It's I think nice to see someone hit the ball hard. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I know Mike and I have generally been Rokio people, but I think just about everybody is is happy that he looks like it because, obviously, and I saw somebody today—I won't say a specific name—was talking about how over the past month, Arias has hit like hundred and three WRC plus, and their their point was like that's not really that great, and I was like, no, 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 if he can be if he can be hundred three WRC plus. He's a gold glove shortstop I mean that yeah. that would be incredible and a lot of that that value is coming from the fact that he can hit the ball really hard which is what you want it's not just it's not just walks he can hit the ball really hard so yeah I mean it's it's all super encouraging
0: and um another uh, um encouraging thing I think we've seen especially the last month is Bo Naylor seems to have figured it out at the major league level and he's got oh, some yeah. pop in that bat he's got eight home runs and he didn't really start playing full-time until late June mm-hmm and so, like, I think that's something really promising to build on. We have a catcher. Mm-hmm. We don't have to get these rentals anymore. We don't have to rely on a black hole at the plate. Mm-hmm. We've got a catcher that can hit the ball and hit the ball out of the park, and he's he's still young. Like we've got him for a long time. We've got his brother on the team. He seems to do really well with 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 Josh there, like rooting him on. So I like. It's really exciting that to to, to finally have our catching prospect get here. Get the playing time he needed and start to show that he is the real deal, and that that we we didn't have another Francisco Mejia on our hands.
3: I uh, I feel so confident when Bo comes to the plate these days. I'm just like, oh yeah, he's probably going to get a hit or a walk,
0: and he's got 21 RBIs, I think. So yeah. like he he's able to hit runners in. He's got like 15, 16, 17 walks on the season. Like he, he's racking up walks, racking up RBIs. Um he, he's he's hitting the ball hard, uh, even when he um he may not get a hit. He hits a hard ball to the outfield.
3: Allie, uh, so just... Allie, what do you feel about our boy Bo?
4: Oh, i I love seeing Bo succeed. I still think him and Josh are the best storyline in baseball, and I wish we had a better year so people would pay attention to that. Um, and I hate to look to next year already. But I really think we need to maybe win some games in April and May because I think him and Josh could both be all-stars if we really made ourselves relevant. And so I'm excited. I'm happy that it's working out. Um, I keep getting mad when I think about who, whichever front office sacrificial lamb it was that said, if we call him up, is he going to play every day? And then he just didn't. Um, Um, Still mad about that. But you know what? Life is good. Happy that Bo is here. No complaints. That's not true.
1: I always have complaints.
3: But. I do. I do hope, and I assume that they will. But I do hope that this season causes front office folks to take a look and say, "Are we doing everything the best way that we possibly can in some of our approaches to things?" Because there's been some issues, uh, Mike. Well, yeah. I, um, Mike was ahead, freaking Allie's out. Right? Go ahead, Allie. Ahead, I don't
4: want to wish away the last you know, few weeks of the season because winter is long and cold and dark and boring. But I'm excited for this offseason in a way that I'm not usually. Like It sounds like we're going to need a new manager, and I'm excited to see where we go with that. Um, I think we have the prospect capital to make a trade if we really want to, and I think there are some guys on the team that could be extension candidates. And I think this might be one of the more exciting – off seasons that we could have potentially in a long time. So I don't know.
3: Yeah, I agree. I agree with everything you said. I know people are going to be super nervous about Tito leaving. I think that people will should probably also remember that it doesn't sound like he has any plans of leaving the organization. I think he's probably going to be around to, you know, help with things and maybe even as more than a figurehead, be somebody who can like, be in rooms where he needs to, to provide some wisdom. And uh, and I think that can be a big deal. And I also, I, I would just would encourage people that are nervous about Tito leaving to maybe take a look at some of the managers that are potentially out there, because I feel like there are a lot of really good guys who could use a, an opportunity to help a young team grow and, and bring some new energy to a club. Not that Tito's not great. Everybody knows he's great. He's all fame manager. He really transformed the franchise just to listen to Zach, Meisels and TJ Zuppi's Patreon about that because he did a great job describing how Tito's really helped the organization, you know, be more uh, sharing information and challenging each other. And that's really important. But I think they've got a good culture there that they'll continue. And there's a lot of guys out there that would fit pretty well in that culture. So we should be, you know, cautiously, I don't know, cautiously optimistic, but excited about finding out who they think is going to be the best person in that role. And
0: I think Cleveland is one of the more desirable uh, places for a manager trying to like, you know, get like get his shot to be like the guy um, for a while, because we've got um, a couple just really good hitters on the team Naylor and Naylor uh, and and Jose. Um, and we've got a lot of young guys got got a, uh, we have a ton of pro- uh, prospect capital that, that we can use to get other guys who've got, you know, um, some pretty good prospects at at, 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 at certain positions. And we also have new ownership coming in uh, that's that's shown in the past through through his other sports franchise. He's willing to spend money, and so I think that put together, uh, I think, and given how we did last year, uh, knowing that like that, that's capable of of those guys just going on a run like that, um, and them getting more experience under their belt. I think I think it's going to be a, a pretty desirable uh, position. Um, for for you know managers that, that maybe haven't had um, you know a shot to to really be a, a big league manager for a long time, uh, but 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 they have all the uh, the characteristics the the, the is looking for, uh, understands the game pretty well, and and um and and and, and has a history of uh, good relationships with the players. So I'm excited to see you know which managers are interested in coming to Cleveland, and 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 as as um, everyone else said, ultimately where they go with this. If they stay in-house and, and promote a guy, or if they uh go out and, and and get someone else, um and whether or not like they've had ties to the franchise before.
3: Mike, what were you gonna say about the front office?
2: Um, probably nothing important. I feel like Greg has been waiting to hop in for a hot minute. So, Greg, if you have the will to say or add anything here, I would be thrilled to hear.
1: The will. Uh no. I'm kind of with Ali. I, I feel like this is the I feel like this is the year where it's kind of a fork in the road in the sense of I feel like Tito got us to a certain level. and I think it really was a championship level. I mean, we had a three game slump in 2017 at the worst time. We had you know, we took he took half of a pitching staff to game seven of the World Series in the 10th inning you know a couple thing literally a couple things break you know he has two curses that he's broken so i mean it i think i think there's a point where you know he's I, he said it today you know his body is his body and his mind are, or you know he he knows this is it and i'm not going to say i'm not going to go so far as to say you know that uh, that that necessarily affected it this year but i i don't think i don't think anyone would blame him if it did so i feel like i feel like getting i don't see them going outside personally Uh, i don't think that's their mo their mo for 35 years has been to promote with from within and as much as the culture has been affected by tito um you know, that I feel like the organizational culture has gone all the way back to, you know, all the way back to the 80s and 90s. Uh John Hart came up under Hank Peters. Chris Antonetti came up under John Hart. Uh, that's when he first joined the organization. You know, these guys go, these guys all go way back. They, they all go back 20 to 30 years. And I feel like, I feel like organizationally their MO has always been to promote from within. They have hired outside managers, but I feel like it fits more them promoting someone, whether it's Starbar or whether it's Hale. I don't think, I don't think they'll do it with Sandy. I think they saw, I think they saw that in 2020. Um, that was a sort of a succeeding despite him uh, type deal. Um but I feel like this is an exciting offseason. I feel like the, the change in ownership a couple of years down the road is also something Andrew mentioned that I think is going to be really key. Uh, the time, the period of time when they did spend money in the 2010s uh, coincided with them having a mi- minority owner. Um, you know, they they did go for it coming off of 2016, 2017. They added payroll consistently for five years in a row. And I don't think it's coincidence that that happened during a, a manager. So um, I mean, not a manager minority owner. And I feel like the fact that this is going to switch over to a, uh, he's going to eventually going to be the majority owner. I feel like there's some exciting possibilities as far as taking what is already a great culture. We have guys all over the major leagues who come from this organization. Um, and taking it to the next level
3: so yeah. well said, well said. And, I, and i was gonna say just real quick when we we're talking about money too they should be pretty good with money because attendance has been so good this year um so not really an excuse not to spend but i'm not sure there's great free agents out there to spend on uh but you know and get they a, a metrizario yeah if they need to spend i would not man i would like to see what twitter would do if that happened but anyway mike what were you gonna say finally
2: I think that this is a really important juncture for a front office that is used to doing things uh, their way or was used to doing things their way prior to Tito coming in. And they let him come in with the credibility and the uh, respect that they had for him, his previous roots of the organization, as well as what he did with the Red Sox, with Theo Epstein. Um, And they let him come and challenge them and what they thought of themselves. And this is their opportunity to decide whether they want to go back to a situation where they're going to trust their guys um, if they know a guy has done well in the past or with them and has gone off, like say Neil Huntington, for instance, he ends up back in the organization. Is this a situation where they have a guy where they've been thinking about if we wanted to do this, um, we've had this person pegged as the manager and waiting for a little while in the organization in a way that might surprise people. I think that would be reported if it was the case, but it's a, it's a situation where they could also go with a younger guy and have that influence, have their culture be the predominant and prevailing westerly of the organization. And really, I think they need a challenge. I think they do need someone to be like, hold on, no, because we've seen questionable decision-making around player development and personnel selection and roster construction in the past few years, and I don't think that's all coming from just Terry Francona asking questions. I think the front office's execution and the players that they're picking and the players they're holding onto need to be asked about, need to be questioned. So I hope that they see this as an opportunity to get a fresh voice in the room and treat that person with the respect and credibility and, uh, um, you know, kind of like poll that Terry Francona was in the organization because I think
0: that relationship makes better results. Yes, yeah, I agree. Decisions. I go ahead. Ian. I think they go outside for their hire. Um, and if they do hire internally, I don't think they're at the major league level. I don't yeah. think promoting one of the guys on the staff right now. Maybe um, sorry, but like that'd be it. Uh I think I personally think given uh given uh the fact that he's coached a bunch of the guys on the team, if they go internal, I think it's Drew Fedor. He's shown to be a pretty good manager. I don't think they want to change the triple A. Um, keep that where it is. Uh, but O'Dora's got experience. He's coached a lot of these guys already. Uh, so if they do go internal, I think it's him. But I I do like what you said, Mike. Going, going out there and getting a guy that's not just gonna be, um, someone that that has been there the entire like, to challenge them to bring new ideas in. Um, and I do think if they go outside, they 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 do go on the younger side. Um, uh, and uh, to really bring you know a different generation of coaching to to really push the envelope um and and challenge the, the front office with the roster saying hey this guy's not performing we need to bring that guy up from Columbus or you know like hey we need a better uh whatever position um can can we have a trial period with this guy see if it works um, yeah, um, it's so uh, unrelated
2: to anything apropos of nothing. Um, it it sure would be great if a writer in the room with us right now had written uh, an article about, say, Will Venable of the Texas Rangers. Um, Quincy, <laughs> do you happen to know anyone who's thought about Will Venable of the Texas uh, Rangers? You have to and really, coach?
3: you have to really squint to call me a writer. But thanks, Mike. Uh, for if you go on covering the quarter, you can see a little article I read about Will Venable. Andre not mentioned him. Zach Meislow mentioned him a little bit ago. He's the Texas Rangers associate manager. He went to college with Mike Chernoff, um, had a pretty good major league career. I was looking at his major league career. It's pretty good major league career. And uh, good padre. man, everybody loves him. I found this article from a reporter for The Athletic who says that Will Venable is, is his favorite player. And he said it was his favorite player, but even more so when he became a reporter, he's like, I asked him such a dumb question. It was so rude the way I asked it. And as soon as I said it, I wanted to crawl into a hole. And he said he was just so kind to me so patient and so kind and answered my question and i was like let's hire him (laughs) because i just i like that kind of person that sees somebody's uncomfortable and like tries to make things easier on doesn't take offense to stuff i think that's great so anyway i'm sure there's all kinds of great guys out there but venable is 40 years old and he's obviously analytically in tune and has the player thing going on so there's a lot of good like names out Sounds like he's proof. That's very nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's used to Paul Hoyne's <laughs> questions. Yeah, right. So, yeah, there's all kinds of good names. We have a good team. We have a fun bunch of guys. It'll be a fun next few weeks. We'll have some fun over the next couple episodes, and uh, we'll get over this loss. But congrats to the Twins. Way to go. Uh, hopefully we can salvage season, the series finale and win the season series. That's something. Uh, but otherwise, thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Yep. We've just said-
0: this has been the Cleveland Guardians Fancast. You can find us on any major podcast platform. Please remember to like, subscribe, download rates, and review. Thank you for listening.